cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website where there's a show for you. Sex Talk on cliffcentral.com. It is Friday morning, unradio, unscripted. And of course, at this time of the morning, it is most definitely uncensored. Somewhere. It's midnight. <laughs> Somewhere. You think we care about that? No. <laughs> and hey, the best time to have sensual time is Friday morning or like in Israel it's Friday because it's like a Saturday here. Well, any time is good, but any yeah, Friday time. is particularly good. Because it's the weekend. Absolutely. Your hair looks really nice this morning. Thank you, John. Do you also look wonderful? I think we're glowing. <laughs> <laughs> Serious, dude. I, I, yeah, I have no words for the experiences I've had this week. You are just glowing. It's... We have learned things about love and sex and pleasure this week that have taken things to a very different level of understanding. John, do you use the word we? You think it's him and himself? No, it's, no, more, it's not more. me and, and my two and hands. And my two hands it's and my beautiful and genitals. Beautiful, amazing woman in my life. That is so wonderful. It is. And a really special guest this morning. Thank you so much for coming to be with us, Vangi Gancho. Hi, thank you for having me. So you've got to talk really close to the mic, like you're going to give it a big smooch. Right. Yeah, she got it close. She's the first one I've seen that actually can operate the mic. I guess she has some experience. So we are on WeChat, we're on Twitter, and you can WhatsApp us on. Where's the WhatsApp number? Because we keep forgetting it because we don't say it enough. I think people don't want us to have it. People send like genital pictures on the WhatsApp. WhatsApp number is 07. You know, just put it out there and we'll pick it up somewhere. So what's the number? 07. She's going to stick it like against oh, seven, the board. Nine, seven, four, eight, two, oh, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Can we have it in writing? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. It's like guess the number and We're you win an orgasm. We're getting to you know who with the numbers. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yes. A little bit. Yeah, excellent. Okay. So while we're waiting for that, let's do this. I like this word. Chocolate starfish. Today's dirty dictionary word is chode. Dirty dictionary word chode. So message us and tell us what you think a chode is. 079-748-2090. Any idea what a chode is? I have no idea. No idea. Come on, take a guess. It has to do with sex and it has, has to, to do, do with bodies. So let's is be. Is it a verb or a noun? We'll be specific. It's a noun and it's to do with male bodies. It's a very specific aspect. 
Does it have something to Does do with the anal? No. <laughs> Which is no. a good place to start. No anal. No, well anal. no anal. No anal today. today. <laughs> Last week Last was. Last week, plenty. <laughs> no anal. <laughs> no anal today. Hmm. Okay, so we'll come back to chode. So message us and tell us what you think a chode is tomorrow. No, anal. please don't. Uh, just don't. It doesn't sound like anything. Mm. It's you know, it's not a, it's not a chad. It's not a, it's a chode. What the it's fuck? A it's a Maybe choking, specific. choking with something. No. Okay. Nowhere near. All right. Nowhere near. You'd find it really hard to choke on a chode. I can see Vangi doing like she's milking two bowls. <laughs> it's a chode is a milking of the bowls. I have to do this. York, if you're listening, I'm going to do this to you tonight. I'm going to chode you. York, if I were you, I'd run a mile. <laughs> I don't know. I can do it gently. <laughs> Not. So give some thought to what a chode is. And message us, 0797482090. We'd love to hear what you I'm think. I'm going to message us. Hmm. So here's one of the biggest things I've learned this week. And it's something that I've always known, but it's coming into such amazing clarity from the space that we share. And it'll be really cool to hear what you think about this. And it's probably a cool way in for us to start a conversation. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I've spent the last or most of my adult life teaching about sex and learning about sex and exploring all aspects of sex. And I think that I know quite a lot about sex. Mm. And at the moment, I learn more almost every day. Wow. A learning curve like never before, which is phenomenal. And along the way, people have asked, so what are the secrets to being a good lover? And I can make a really good list of things. There is one that surpasses every single thing that I've learned or understood about sex before. You want to be a really good lover? Open your heart. Mm. Full stop. And everything else is a mm. commentary on that. You're talking Chinese I to mean, some people. Sorry, Vanya. I mean, yeah. Open your heart to being a good lover to your, like, um, regular lover. <laughs> but sometimes your heart has nothing to do with, it's not really what you need to be opening. <laughs> ah, but everything else opens when the heart's open. I suppose. I suppose. I mean, I, I get, like... If if you're coming at it from a sensual perspective, but there there are times when it's really not it's really not got absolutely nothing to do with the heart. Yeah, I'm not arguing and that one. Like as in whether your heart is open mm. or not, as long as your legs are open, you're fine. Oh. You so what are we going to find between open legs? <laughs> um, well, look, whatever you're looking for. <laughs> okay, so what are we looking for? It's so weird, you know, okay, sorry, just as a side thing. It's so weird um, because you grow up all your life kind of being told not to talk about sex. And mm. then all of a sudden, here I am, this Cossack girl, and I'm thinking, oh, does my mother have access to Cliff Central? No, <laughs> no. Okay, but come on now, we need to put that in no. a perspective because you've published books. I have. You've been all over the world. I have. So, And you've been talking about sexuality. That's about. right. So it's a little bit late to think about what mommy thinks. I know. I mean, it's just different because when my mom is 
in the audience, yeah. there's just certain things I won't say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just that thought of all of a sudden it beca- it it feels closer to home. Closer mm-hmm. to home. But and also because we're having a conversation about mm-hmm. it, as opposed to like a sitting in the lounge with friends, mm-hmm. it's on air. Yes. And also, um, it's not something that I've written and published, and I can say, oh no, it's not necessarily about me. Ah, you know? so this is very personal. Yeah. It is. And not only is it on air, it's also saved in podcast format Thanks. for all Thanks eternity. For <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> that. Just to make you feel a little bit better. If you start having a meltdown now, we're most likely going to stop the show and then it won't be on air. So it's up to you, actually. Oh, great. But the Vanky, internet never forgets. Vanky, so, it's just one thing I want to say that it's so true what you're saying because you are using so much sexual in so many sexual terms in your in your poems, but it's actually a metaphor. So many times, it's hmm. it's not really, you know, the actual opening legs of yours and letting hmm. whoever penetrate you. It's actually a beautiful metaphor. So it is very different. You're right. Yeah, and it is. You know, somebody posted something on Facebook that was pretty cool the last week that I read, which was just because I post something or like something doesn't mean I'm going through that as yeah. my personal experience. Because mm. I will share some things that often have nothing to do with me in that moment, but they express something that's beautiful mm. or that's interesting or powerful or even challenging. Mm. Or something that just moved you at yeah, that particular time. that's all. Mm. And it's really important that we do read the stuff that challenges us. Absolutely. Um, because if we just read things that we always agree with and just repost things that we always agree, we don't grow. We don't expand. Yeah. And we're not forced to look at, at what we believe about something. You know, you've got to watch different movies, read, listen. Let's start that again. Okay. Watch different movies, read different books, listen to different yeah. kinds of music, have experiences that keep expanding us. Because I, I became aware of this. I was doing yoga last week. And I was aware of how our mind loops, which I always knew, but I became incredibly conscious of how the thoughts are always the same. Mm-hmm. They're the same stuff going round and round and round and round. And when you do creative work, you need new stuff coming you up do. all the time. You do. So where did this journey of yours begin? Um, I was always kind of, um, I actually grew up an awkward child, so I used to kind of um, sit under the bed and read books and hide from everybody else Um, because I was chubby and awkward. And then when I was um, in like where we grew up. Where did you grow up? I grew up pretty much everywhere. So we moved around a lot and then. I found that making friends just was futile. So In South Africa or overseas as well? In South Africa, and then okay. we lived in Vintok for a bit, and then okay. we came back um, when political prisoners were kind of freed. Um, but w- at first, I, I kind of couldn't speak um, English, and then I could only speak English. And so... Um, when I went to the rural areas where my dad is from, mm-hmm. I couldn't play with other children because I didn't know his class. And then um, I just decided to just stick to my like to stick on my own. And then because I started reading, I started writing and enjoying this world of kind of creating stories. Then I went through a bit of a lull in high school because all I wrote about was boys. Um, and none of that writing was any good. <laughs> and then I got to varsity and started reading more and kind of rediscovering my voice. And then around about 25, I kind of realized that, um, there's, I mean, I don't imagine myself doing absolutely anything else outside, 
um, well, that isn't involved some way with poetry and writing mm. and storytelling and, you know, because I believe I'm a messenger. I believe that's, that's, I mean, you're not the messenger, sorry, <laughs> but a messenger. And so, mm. you know, I feel like this is a gift and that's pretty much mm. how I got here. Did you grow up in quite a political family? I did. So that was always a big part of, of, of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And that had big impact on on you? Um yeah. I mean I wanted I wanted to be a lawyer at first and then I saw the law journals because my dad was a lawyer and then I was like, mm, maybe I'll be a politician. Yeah. And then I studied international relations and then um it I'm passionate about politics, but I feel like it's too limiting to say that I'm just passionate mm. about politics, whereas more than that, I'm passionate about people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a beautiful expression because it's not, it's about life mm. and the fullness of who we are. Mm. And everything contributes to that. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing that um, um, there's a, because I write a lot as well. And I fully, that expression is so beautiful. And, um, Last night, late, or this morning. This beautiful idea that when we actually have this incredible connection, it becomes the poetry of life and the poetry yeah. of love and the poetry of sex, and we just become an expression of mm. that. Expression of the world, almost. For it, yeah, for it to flow through us mm. into that moment. What was your first publication? Um, I actually released a book mm -hmm. called Undressing in Front of the Window. Mm-hmm. Um, self-published. Before that, I had released stuff in journals um, and literary magazines and online and things like that. Um, and then after undressing in front of the window, I had a manuscript called Quilted. But then I went to go and do my master's and now I have another manuscript, which is kind yeah. of where I'm at. So, But the only published work is undressing in front of the window. Okay. Yeah. And uh, performing overseas, how did that come about? Um, I've always wanted to travel. I've always known that I wanted mm. to travel. So I kind of put it out into the universe. And then um, when I was much younger, I mean, when I was about 20, 21, I got a chance to perform in Prague in the Czech Republic because I went there for a youth leadership conference. Um, and then through travels, I was able to kind of perform in different spaces. But then when I started performing seriously overseas um, and around the continent was 2015 when things just kind of opened up and mm. I, I guess the, I guess, you know, things were ready and aligned. And so um, I was able to go to the U.S., traveled to Gabon, to Malawi. I'm going to Malawi again in a few months um, and just kind of, yeah, read poetry and listen to other people's mm. poetry, you know, I mean, listen to, get a, get a feel for the pulse of other people's mm. culture and what's going on in their lives, what people are talking about. So your first performance on cliffcentral.com is going to be <laughs> today. Yeah. Okay. So well, where I'm, do we start? You know what? Let's, um, let's get real. Cause I'm, um, well, we a, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Come, put your mask back on. Put it. I'm a big girl, right? And so um, a lot of times people kind of make assumptions about how you enjoy sex as mm. a big girl um, or make assumptions about what you think 
they want from you. Mm. Like as in what, yeah, what I want from them or whatever. So this is a poem called Talking Frankly. And it's from Undressing in Front of the Window. And I haven't read it in a while. But anyway, let's talk about it. Let's talk about fat chicks. Yeah, I said it, the F word. Let's talk about the me's in the room. Let's talk about how you're enticed by my ass. Is it June, July, August, September's past you? Or how you imagine you could lose yourself in my thighs? Mm. That warmth, that tenderness of homegrown voluptuous pleasure. Let's talk about that. And then you can tell me you don't want to just fuck me, hold my hand in the dark, part my legs when the doors are locked. Let's talk about how you want me to be your fat fuck, your lady lumps, your big break, big mama, soft sister, plump pretzel. Hell, let's even talk about how I'm your full-figured fantasy, some passing craze, story to tell the boys, 50 things to do before you die, fuck a fat woman. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how great it would be to dig into my tunnel as my kitty cat wets your upstanding citizen until he erupts into rubbers of would have been fleshy fetus, you know, bang, bang, doodle, doodle, from behind as you're cushioned by all that ass. Well, how about turning me inside out, legs wrapped around your shoulders, ass on the edge of the bed, as my arms support your thrusting pelvis as bridges to the wall? Will that quench your thirst? Make for a good experience. No, let's. Let's talk about these things. Let's be open. And that's what you want me to be. Open. Let's talk about how you think you can walk all over me. Fuck me, use me, bruise me. Because fat chicks are insecure, right? Needy, clingy, need some kind of reaffirmation so you can come and go as you please. Or did I get it the other way around? We're tough. Fuck and run, that's how we like it. Tell me. You, tell me what works for me. Maybe we'll cuddle or I'll light up a smoke, just so you don't get the misconception that we just made love. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Wow. I wrote that when I was much younger, though. Okay. So <laughs> my writing's kind of changed a lot since then. Yeah, but it but, needs to change, and it yeah, needs it to grow. But, you know, when I go back and read stuff, and my first thought often on it is, hmm, I'm not sure about that, and then I'll kind of read it again. It sits just as true, mm. but you can see where we've come from there. Yeah. And that's a beautiful part of, of the journey of being a writer. Yeah, definitely. The truth is still there, mm. but it was a seed for something else. Absolutely. And also it's it's difficult to let mm. to trust that and to let yeah. it, that go. Let that be like as in, you know, not re-edit yeah. and now put 32-year-old yeah. Vangi into 25-year-old Vangi's mm. voice. Like let 25-year-old Vangi live the way she lived and accept that because mm. I needed to write a poem like that. For myself, just so that because, you know, we learn a lot about our own sexuality, but also we learn from other people and what other people expect mm. from us or think about. Um, and then we we don't decide for ourselves what we like, especially as women, like so that we can say, but I like it like this. I don't mm. like it like this. And how do we negotiate, you know, through all of that? Mm. So how important is body image to you? Um. I mean, well, I think the most important thing is being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. So how comfortable are you in your skin at the moment? A lot more comfortable than I was in my 20s. Um, now I'm, I'm, I, think, I think I'm more aware of if I don't like this, I want to work on this. So, mm. I mean, now I, I, I kind of jog walk every morning yeah. um, and I, you know, get my heart pumping mm. more blood more frequently because I'm aware of the fact that I can't 
Um, I can't, I don't move as at the pace I was moving at when I was in my twenties. And also, you know, I want to look good outside my clothes mm. as well. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more firm about not allowing other people to body shame me, mm. not allowing other people's views to affect how I view myself. And so I've become deeply selfish with myself, like as in uh, everything actually about myself, mm. how, how I treat my mind, how I treat my heart, how I treat my body. I'm deeply selfish about Uvangile, like, you know, preserving Uvangile. I, I take that very seriously mm. and I don't allow people to, to kind of mess with that mm. anymore. So I think that's where I'm at. And that's at. hugely important because that level of self-love and self-care and mm. self-compassion is one of the most important things mm. that we can have mm. and we don't. We don't. Yeah. That's you know, true. My friend and colleague Valentina, um, most awesome tantra teacher, in, in a yoga experience that I did with her, she talks about how when we compete with somebody else and when we compete with ourselves, which is such an externally driven experience, yeah. it develops self-hatred. Mm. It does. Because there's always going to be somebody with more in whatever way. Once there's conditioning, you're already yeah. bound to fail. Yeah. Mm. And it's been such a big thing of, of what I've been writing and talking about lately that if the more we learn to love ourselves, how differently the choices in life we would make. That's true. You know, like entering into a relationship, for example, out of a space of self-love mm. would be such a different choice to think about what do you really want from a relationship? Mm. What's really important? You know, what is going to feed your soul for the next 50 odd years with somebody? Absolutely. Rather than just eh, a little bit of kind of safety and security and we get on well. Instead of as long as we really share want. the same idea of two children an offense with a dog or not, or yeah, and maybe yeah, but coming from that space, and that's such an important aspect. Mm. And even then, you know, the lovers that we would choose, the experiences that we would choose to have out of that space of self-love. That's true. And our bodies become such a huge expression of that. Mm. Not only sexually, but the, the fullness of the sensuality of life. Food and drinking and uh, touching and being outside and exercising and moving and dancing and all of that. Do you like to dance, by the way? I do. I mean, yeah. um, people always laugh when I dance. I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> stupid but, people. You know, um, Wrong people you're hanging yeah. around with. But I do, I do love to dance. I love to yeah. sing. I mean, I don't yeah. sing very well, according to some people. But I do. I love... Yeah. I love I love expression and just being free, like, mm. you know, anything to get me out of my own kind of. So let me yeah. tell you something. You make me cry. <laughs> you, you, you present yourself, your soul. Um, I was privileged to just, to, not many times, but I also watched quite a few uh, of your YouTubes. And we're going to give all the information in our Twitter and our Facebook you present your song, your poem, sorry, in a very, very, very present way, very vulnerable way, very even theatrical, you can say, but it's real. You can see it's real. You, you bring yourself 110% to the stage. We talk a lot about to be vulnerable um, as a person, as, mm -hmm. a, as, a, as a channel, as a vessel. And that's something that immediately when I heard you 
luckily live for the first time. It was just in our garden, um, talking to a few people and I, you changed my life. So how is it to live so close, (laughs) so close, so, so little skin? (laughs) How is it to be such a channel? Dangerous. (laughs) No, it, no, truly, it really is dangerous. I mean, um, and we had this conversation um, with you and York and uh, my partner about how there are times when I feel so much that it feel it 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 feels like it will collapse me, it will break me um, from seeing. How can you let your five-year-old child catch a taxi by themselves and walk alone in Nurt? Or and I and I can't judge that because whatever situation put you, I mean, whatever circumstance put you in that situation where you cannot take your child to school yourself. That's a, I mean, you know, or why do I always have to defend being a black woman? Why do I always have to make you understand that you need to treat me like a human being? Why is it? I mean, the world is just so heavy and so tiring sometimes that even like just getting up and taking a deep breath and saying, you know what, I'm going to start my day now outside my bed is a huge, like it feels like a revolutionary decision. Like it feels like you have just taken on something huge. Um, But the other side of that is that I have been so blessed that people open up to me and share their stories with me. I mean, I catch a lot of taxis. I use public transport. And I can honestly tell you that almost all the time, someone tells me something about themselves, just volunteers information. Um, I had a woman who um, just started telling me about her relationship with her boyfriend. It was a very violent, horrible situation. And for some reason... She needed to get something out at that time. And I sat next to her and she was crying. And then she just opened up and she started telling me for no reason. Um, I've had a woman who's like carrying three children and she's like not older than 21, you know, kind of open up to me. And the, it's such a gift that people trust you with their stories that for all the living on the edge, that's the reward of it. Mm. There's an enormous responsibility in that Um, when we have these energies to express them is the responsibility Mm. almost regardless of the response Mm. and we reveal ourselves in this every single Mm. day and the vulnerability of that is enormous Mm. and it will collapse us again and again and again and in that we're reborn again Mm. and again and again Mm. and that's the power of it Mm. that is not even it's not even a choice anymore. That's true. And and the other thing about that is is the most amazing stories of life, mm. regardless of their outcome. And, That's true. And to take the judgment off the story. That's true. It's not a sad story or a happy story. Mm. It's a human story. I think one of the things that um, I really have been trying to do in the past kind of um, year is in my writing 
to cut as close to the bone as possible. But also what I've been doing previously is, um, you know, I allow the judgment, my own personal judgment mm. to, to enter the poem or to enter the writing. But now I'm learning to strip myself from the story. So even if the story is about me and even if it's written in the first person, what if I trusted people enough to know that that was painful without me telling them that I just nearly died? You know, just tell them what happened mm. without telling them um, how that affected me, you know, and trust that they will receive that. In whatever way In whatever, they will. Yeah, and, and, and be okay with the fact mm. that they might not give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. they might not. They really might not care and might not be moved, and that's okay. But you have to do that. Mm. When you're creating art, you have to do that. Mm. Because we see things as we are. Absolutely. So I will hear you from my point of view. Yeah. I won't hear you from your point of view. That's true. That's true. And when we create, we have to do that. And it creates incredible vulnerability mm. in us. I used to, I used to say that um, reading and performing poetry, sharing your poetry, um, I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but it actually really does. It feels kind of like having sex with a new partner mm. because you, you approach them kind of fully clothed and kind of nervous about, are they going to like how I look? Or, you know, I'm, and feeling kind of insecure. Yeah. And then when you begin, it's kind of like feeling each other out, yeah. you know. And then if it's a great performance, you just, you enjoy that performance so much and you're so happy. And when you're done, you feel a combination of vulnerable and relieved and at peace. And then also... Sometimes maybe the insecurity will come back depending mm. on how holding the audience is or who the recipient is. Yeah. And so And in that you need to learn to hold yourself. Yes. Yes. And fi and, and be okay with saying but I just need a moment. Mm. I'll be with you just now. Mm. I just need a moment for myself. But that's the authenticity mm. of expression mm. and for us to be able to say I need this time, I need that, I need. Mm. And if we can't do that, we can't be authentic. Mm. That's true. And as much as the creation needs to be authentic, so the expression and the presentation of it needs to be. That's true. But it's all very well to say that mm. now. And, yeah. you know, yeah. after, like, after years of trying to learn it, but it's not something that, that we learn easily or take or know Naturally, mm. you know, it's, it's in fact quite the opposite is drummed into our, yeah. you know, into our ears and into our hearts. And you feel guilty for wanting to take space for yourself. Yeah, but if you can't, there's no self love. Yeah. And that's where so much of the power of creation comes from. Being genuine, true not, to yourself. Not self loathing. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a machine. <laughs> You're doing this from authenticity. You're not mm. doing it to please anybody. It's mm. your need. It's mm. your it's mm. your truth. It's your voice. He said to me, I just want to go have a cigarette, just <laughs> cuddle up in my own, immerse myself. You should listen to yourself. Yeah. I think the creation also comes easier. You don't feel like, okay, every time I do this, you guys expect me. Mm. There's a lot of expectation around that. Yeah, and learning... Generally, we are our greatest teachers. That's true. 
That's definitely true. If we listen. If we do. Yeah, and the more open we become, the more we do listen. Mm. And then manifesting that in life. And the Mm. hard part is that brings happiness. And for most people, they have no clue what happiness is. Mm. And if we are happy, all the cuck has to fall away. And then we don't have anything to talk about. You know, you find up somebody and you say, how's your day? Oh, it's terrible. And this, and, and you have this hour-long conversation about how terrible it is. And then you find somebody else and you say, how are you? And say, I'm fantastic. And we're done. Yeah, but that's so messed up. Cause it is, because we've <laughs> got is... nothing left. But talk about being happy. Mm. And you know, actually, like a friend of mine had a status update. She's, a, she's an incredible poet as well. She had a status update where she said, uh, um, so many people expect you to always be miserable. So when they call you up, sometimes they actually want to hear how miserable you are so yeah. that, you know, they can go about their day or whatever. So yeah. they, they feed Because maybe you're just a little bit more miserable yeah, than they are. You know? And she's like, so I will, I refuse. Like, mm. I will not tell you I'm miserable any longer. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, and that's so true. Like, as in it really is messed up. But I have a friend who um, I we we actually literally call each other for good news, mm. like as in, and then we have like an hour long conversation mm. about great news, like this is fantastic, it's happening in my life, I'm happy about this, I'm hopeful about this, and you like make a make make a and a conscious decision to have happy conversations yeah. with your and friends, and that's. The point, it needs to be a conscious decision mm. that you don't talk about how terrible mm. the world is. You don't talk about what an asshole Donald Trump is and what he's doing. And yes. very simply, let's talk about the good stuff, the interesting stuff. And then we start to move into different spaces. Absolutely. So you wrote a song about a vagina. <laughs> Sorry, a poem. Yes. I've written a, many j- poems about vaginas. vaginas. <laughs> it's amazing how Vangi, you know, I, I was listening yesterday. I was just really wanting to absorb more and more. And Jonti, I was just listening and listening. And there's so much sexuality. And I could, all I could think of is that it's, a, it's all... It's all a present. It's it's a beautiful, real, genuine presentation. But it's for such deeper topics. Mm. It's not the sexuality. It's not deep. But yeah. But there's one song, Jonti. I want Vangi, if she doesn't mind, to read for you. So your second performance on cliffcentral.com. <laughs> but now is... you need to do a second. Which one was that? The oh, the one, the one. Uh, sorry, I forgot the name because you you told me you performed it for the first time, and your mother was in the audience. I forgot the name, but it was, I want, it's, it's a proper song that it says the word vagina many times. <laughs> um, okay, so this might, okay, I'm, I think this might be it, but it's a very sad poem. It is. Um, okay, so we all know that, that we live in the country that we live in. Yeah. And so this poem is called Her Secret with the Moon. Um, My vagina likes it rough, straight up in there, no playing games, because that's all she knows. Like a little girl whose uncle used to sneak into her room. She had a secret with the moon. Now thinks, shh, means I love you, and ouch, means I want more. My vagina likes to be pumped into swelling, 
torn into shreds of pleasured pains because that's all she knows. This vagina of mine knows no to mean yes, come to be the color of blood. She knows hard dicks that thrust and dig, make smacking noises, leave passages inflamed. My vagina screams, mouth wide open, always ready for more because that's all she knows. She's had her hands tied up, had large chunks of muscle shoved down her throat, forced to swallow them whole. No sweet aroma to wet her palate, just cold, hard, cock. My vagina remembers how they broke in, how they didn't knock, because the policeman said she let them in. It was her fault they took everything, left nothing behind. My vagina can't forget the strangers in her walls, hiding her tears in the stars, sharing her secret with the moon. Now she's afraid of the dark. And that's been the experience of so many women mm -hmm. in South Africa. And over the past couple of weeks, we've spoken so deeply about that. Mm. So when people read what you write, do you think that gives them a voice of identification, of expression? Um, I think so. I mean, experience has taught me that it has. Mm. It does, um, because there have been many people who are like, that is something I would never say out loud or even admit to being moved by, mm. because then people will ask why. Um, so, yeah, I do think so. And it, it, I mean, it's really sad. It's painful. But, um, yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't move as many people as it does from a an experience point of view but it does yeah it does and that's an inescapable truth yeah we can't change that mm. and we've all on some level given consent for that to be mm. and we're all a part of it in some way yeah and the more we share that maybe the possibility exists that from that space we can change that yeah. Um, yeah, we, it's so difficult. I mean, you know, I, a lot of my writing, especially like in my latest writing has, has a lot of sex and sexuality mm. in it, um, for multiple reasons. Because, you know, as women, we're either portrayed as the Proverbs 31 virtuous virgin or, where the Jezebel whore or something, you know, like as in there's no kind of in between, mm. you know. And there's no space to be both. Yeah, exactly. And there's no space to, to decide for yourself. Mm. Um, what you, I mean, if, if, if by chance it was either or, you know, it has to fit so definitely into a, a specific mm. box that there's no room for you to, to decide how much of what you want to be. And so um, I write a lot about um, women who, <laughs> wayward women, you know, um, women who make decisions for themselves and decide about, you know, I want to pick up men in bars. I have a poem called I Like to Pick Up Men. It's called Fresh Sheets, but it's about picking up older men in bars or um, enjoying sex just for the, 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 for the fun of it. Or enjoying, poly I mean, polygamous relationships. Mm. Um, you know, being 
being someone who wants to bleed into other people, into lots of other people. Um, obviously, we have to be safe if we do things like that. And also, we have to respect the people that we are with when we, when we make those decisions. But the point is, we need to be able to decide for ourselves that this is what we want to do, if it is what we want to do, without feeling guilty or shameful. But, um, Uvangile enjoys sex, and so Uvangile is just a terrible, wicked, wicked child. You know, I mean, child in the eyes of someone of older or just, you know... Society, mm. religion. Or, and, if, and if any kind of violation takes place, and you are someone who is considered promiscuous, then somehow you deserve to be violated? Of course. I mean, what is that? Mm. Like, who deserve, whoever deserves to be violated? And what warrants, I mean, oh gosh, some of the conversations, some of the things we can talk ourselves into. Sorry, I'm just, anyway, this is what usually happens. I just end up kind of... It's okay, yeah. it's been a month for um, us. Absolutely. A month of talking about things. So share the Share the sheets with us. <laughs> Share the sheets with us. All right. Um, fresh sheets. Fresh sheets. I like to pick up men in bars, preferably older with silver hairs and traces of smiling women on their fingers. I watch their hands, how their mouths take in their whiskey. When they're home, always my home, I smear them all over my sheets. On my walls, round patches of sweat, palms, the back of heads. After, I offer a drink, place their shoes by their feet. I collect sheets, flakes of dry skin, stray hairs in a box on my shelf. And the following night, if the moon hangs lonely, perhaps, I empty a box, I empty my box into a burning bowl of imbepo. Prepare a cup of coffee, change the sheets, apply my lipstick. Mm. There's a beautiful literary, erotic literary website called Clean Sheets. Really? .com. Yeah, you should have a look at I'll it. I'll check it they out. They publish some really cool poetry there. Really? As well, yeah. I'll check really it out. Nice. I really, mm. um, I discovered Ariana Rains. Do you know Ariana Rains? She's no. got this book called Mercury. Um, it's really raw, like as in, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to go into the conversation about wh what is poetry and what mm. isn't poetry, but I really found reading her just really kind of opened me up, like reading a published book that is that raw, mm -hmm. like, I was like, girl, live your best <laughs> life. <laughs> what grabbed you about that? Like when you say raw, give us an example. I mean, she has, um, she has a, cause she does these, these prose stanzas mm -hmm. and she has this one where she talks about um, wanting this man to sit on her face and she just like goes into explicit detail about mm. how she how she wants this man to mm. do this and wants it to be recorded and usually like it would have been edited down and made into some kind of cheesy mm. kind of you know Mills and Boone's mm -hmm. BS or you know, kind of watered down. Mm. But she doesn't do that. She doesn't shy away from what she wants out of that experience. And I love it. Mm. And that's an interesting thing, especially when it comes to sex, to think about what we want from the experience. Mm. And that takes, 
an enormous level of consciousness mm. firstly because it really shifts the focus. Mm. And I actually, it was an article that I want to write because it came into my head this morning. I need to change the word slightly for general publication, but the, the, the phrase was, do you fact have an orgasm or do you fact for pleasure, for communication, for intimacy, for whatever? Yeah. Which just really shifts that idea and, and says, what do we want from this experience? That's true. Hmm. When you write, how emotional of an expression is that for you? I think it depends what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. um, some things are different. Some, some, sometimes I can just write because I'm, I'm writing. Um, sometimes I can write out of habit. And then sometimes I, can, I, I write because I just, like, I just can't breathe and I have to, hmm. I have to write. Um, so it just depends on what the particular story is. Hmm. Yeah. And how much editing of your work do you do? A lot, mm. a lot. I can't, I can't edit immediately. Um, I have to give myself distance from the from the piece, mm. and then I'll come back to it sometime after and and edit. Um, Baudelaire says, "Write drunk, edit sober." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, sometimes that works for me actually quite quite well. But um, editing is a is I'm and. The older I get, um, the more I take editing seriously, mm. the more I'm aware of the fact that half the work is done in the writing, but, you know, like the other half, the really important half, mm. if you're going to publish something or you're going to release it out, like into the, like into a public sphere is editing. Yeah, important. Mm. And things you write that disturb you? Do you write things that disturb you? Oh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do. Share with us um, a piece that's disturbed you. Okay, so this poem is called Clots of Blood. It's, it's a really dear poem huh? that really, yeah. Um, my grandmother was a teacher. My mother was a healer. My mother's younger sister was a Christian. My mother's other younger sister had a paralyzed daughter. All were wonderfully beautiful. When I was born, my grandmother sent a telegram with my name. She saw me in a dream. My grandmother saw herself reborn through my mother. When I left home after she died, she visited me in a dream, painted three dots of blood onto my forehead. My mother birthed four children, her second son took too much of her blood into his heart. When my brother died in her arms, my mother could not heal him. When I was born two years after, my mother had stopped healing. All her faith clotted inside my lungs. I didn't cry when I was born. My mother held me silent for thirty minutes in her arms. When the nurse tried to pry me away from her, my grandmother's telegram arrived. My mother says I laughed when the nurse tried to take me from her. She birthed two children after failing to heal her second son. My mother was a believer. My grandmother was a healer. My mother's younger sister was a Christian. My mother's other younger sister had a paralyzed daughter. All were wonderfully beautiful. My mother's younger sister's paralyzed daughter died when she was 15. 
my mother's younger sister visited her on the other side. When her daughter returned after three months inside a mechanical heartbeat, she had three clots of blood down the front of her body, on her chest, in her navel, just above her vagina. She still could not walk. My grandmother was touched by her father's younger brother. My mother was touched by her mother's sister's husband. My mother's younger sister was also touched by her mother's sister's husband. My mother's other younger sister was touched by her mother's uncle. My mother had always wanted a daughter. She never left me alone with any of her sister's husbands. The protection my mother gave me was the Bible, fear, and chastity. We were all afraid of God, men, and the dark. Not good to have quiet air. Oh, <laughs> We're on the radio. Um, Don't apologize. What are the what are the sex words that are taboo for you or that are difficult? It's the word "cunt" a difficult yes. word for you. I was about. I was, I, in fact, I was thinking to myself, "How am I going to say that? Am I going to say the c word, or am I actually going? Am I actually going to say the word? I struggle with that word a lot. Yeah. Why? I feel. I feel like it's so violating. It just mm-hmm. feels like it feels. I, I I don't know how to regain strength from that word. Like you know how people are like, let's take the power back, and mm. I I don't know how to. I, Do you think there could be a context where that's beautiful? Um, not for me. Mm. I mean, I've heard it used in many occasions, and I can respect. Even like when women say it and they they hold that power mm. in it and that's fine for them. It's not a word that I would choose for myself. I just I I I can't wrap my I can't wrap myself around it. And if your lover spoke to you about how beautiful your cunt was, I wouldn't receive that. Mm. I wouldn't know how to receive that. Mm. I wouldn't hear it. Yeah, it's a very interesting idea. What are some words that are taboo to you? (laughs) I don't know that I really have any. There are probably words that I don't really relish. Mm. Um, And like you, I used to struggle with that word enormously. Mm. Um, Until a lover said to me one day, fuck my cunt as hard as you can. And it woke up this masculine something in me that I'd never felt before. Mm. So it became an enormous trigger Mm. Um, and I think the connotation of the way we have it in most of our world is incredibly negative but there are some moments with a lover where the power of the word is incredible that's true Um, but it did it took me a long time to get there but isn't that the the beautiful thing about about intimacy the the intimacy Mm. created between two lovers is that it's such a safe space that there's very little that, that could be yeah, said. Because it's intimate yeah, with my lover, yeah, but it's not, it's not in any yeah, other space. Exactly. And I wouldn't actually exactly. use it in any other space. Safety. Mm. But yeah. in that moment with my lover, yeah. to tell her how beautiful her cunt is, my desire for her. I think we learn you here. Yeah. phenomenal it is. power in that. Mm. But I wouldn't use it anywhere else. So 
the the crosser words for vaginas mm. are very difficult for me to say in ordinary conversation. Really, but they're they're words that I can use in a private. I mean, like in during sex with my lover, I can mm. you know we can say. You know, I mean, I can't say everything. <laughs> yeah, because it's such a safe space. Exactly. So, and I also think, so, so I feel like the C word <laughs> has <laughs> has an equivalent in Iskasa, and it's probably a lot more graphic in Iskasa to me. Mm. Um, but just the 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 fact that it it's a combination, the C word is a combination of both. Graphic and foreign mm. makes it so difficult. That's why I'm saying that even if my if my if my lover were to say it, I wouldn't be, know how to receive it. Mm. But if it was said in this casa, because it's a safe space and it doesn't feel foreign, it would feel like something that can exist within that space. Mm. So the context of yeah. something becomes so important. Yeah. Do you yeah. read your poem? Do you also do you also uh, do readings in Kosa? Um. I don't really write in this class as much as I'd like to, um, sadly. But it's something I'm working on. Mm. Do you have anything coming up? Any performances? Any recitals? Anything that's coming up where people can see you and hear you? Um, I don't have any public performances mm. coming up anytime soon. There was one like two days that's, ago, yeah, right? Yeah, on Wednesday the, yeah. I had one. Um, I have kind of private gigs mm. okay. <laughs> that I have coming coming up. But I do post stuff on my Facebook or on Twitter and your blog. Um my blog has been inactive but I swear <laughs> this is the year where I revive my blog. Yes. Okay. Yes. So follow so you on you. Facebook and Twitter. Yes. So where do people find you on Facebook? Um on Facebook I'm Vangi Kanjo. <laughs> um, Sorry. And then on Vangi twenty two. Right. Yeah, on, on Twitter, Twitter. Vangi22, and on Instagram, also Vangi22. 22. Easy. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming to share with us. Thank you for having so me. So a chode is... <laughs> yes. <laughs> not us, not me and Vangi, basically. A, no, no. Is, a chode is a penis that's wider than it is longer. That is hysterically funny. A chode is it's like a, so it's like like a thick it's, neck. Yeah, it's like a medical condition, <laughs> but it's a penis that's wider than it is longer. So it's like a and mushroom. And if you see the pictures, that's exactly what it looks <laughs> like. It's <laughs> like a little mushroom. Stompy. Yes. I'm not Afrikaans, and I know what stompy is. It's like a stump. Yeah. Okay. So, it must be pleasurable because it hits your G-spot, but it's nice and well, wide. No, no, it's like often too small. Oh, uh, not like so a little but, fungus. No, but, but, but. <laughs> You're absolutely right because your G-spot is really close yeah. to the opening of your yoni, so it doesn't have to go deep to get to your G-spot. Mm. Yoni is the is the word in sense, you know, okay. for pussy. Yes. By the way, I have a neighbor. Her name is Yoni, mm -hmm. and I I love her, and I don't want know how to tell her. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking about. So we have some cool stuff coming up yeah. on th uh, the 13th of February. It's a Monday night. Uh, Courtney and I are doing a free talk, a mini workshop, and a mini sound journey. And that is leading up to the retreat in Mozambique. We're going to share some amazing processes about your sexual story of how you start getting into and healing and changing your sexual story. That's on Monday the 13th. That's free. For everybody, best Valentine's present. And you want to give yourself or your partner the single best Valentine's gift that you can 
ever in your life come True. to Mozambique at the end of March with us. Um, 21st of February, Tuesday the 21st, we are doing a water flow massage. And that's going to be 21st. Just so beautiful. You know, York has started now to advertise it with people that are like a bit, it's like a bit random. He goes to his business, but you have to go and do the water flow. And they're like, Okay, well. never mind. But no, but then he explains it's the most safe. Ex- mm-hmm. If you want to tap into intimacy, you want to have better connection, go to John T. <laughs> so, yeah, you got another John T-holic. So we wish you all so much pleasure. And Bangi again, thank you thank for you sharing for your heart me. with us. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Cliffcentral.com.